From the Annals of Thoracic Surgery and the Society of Thoracic Surgeons, welcome to Beyond the Abstract, part of the Society of Thoracic Surgeons Surgical Hot Topics series. I'm Tom Varghese, a thoracic surgeon and deputy editor of Digital Media and Digital Scholarship for the Annals. This is a podcast all about the why behind the articles and the issues in cardiothoracic surgery and healthcare, and what are the planned next steps from authors and thought leaders in the field. We're glad that you are here. If you enjoy our program, please rate our podcast on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you downloaded this podcast. Your feedback is appreciated. Please remember, the opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the individuals and not necessarily of SDS. Better care for more patients at all times. This is a tree that organizations such as the Society of Thoracic Surgeons have embraced as one of their mission statements. Better care for more patients at all times. The SDS, of course, is not alone in this quest, but we're one of the first to embark on a robust initiative to standardize the reporting of nationwide outcomes through the Society of Thoracic Surgeons databases, the largest cardiothoracic surgery database efforts in the world. The more complex the surgical intervention and the more complex the patient, the more the need for robust processes to ensure timely, accurate, risk-adjusted outcomes in a database. Mechanical circulatory support involves a wide range of devices that share the common function of supporting or even replacing the pump function of the failing ventricle of the heart. They decrease LV wall tension, improve coronary flow, and improve contractility. In the arena of the mechanical circulatory support, the Interagency Registry for Mechanical Assisted Circulatory Support, or Intermax, database is the gold standard. It was established in 2005 at the University of Alabama at Birmingham as a joint effort among the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, national leaders from hospitals, clinicians, and scientists, and the medical device industry. Intermax was designed to deliver to all stakeholders risk-adjusted data on the clinical outcomes of patients who received an FDA-approved mechanical circulatory support device to treat advanced heart failure. In January of 2018, Intermax became the fourth component of the SDS database efforts, following the SDS adult cardiac, SDS general thoracic, and SDS pediatric cardiac databases. In today's Beyond the Abstract podcast, we are connecting with Dr. Frank Pagani from the University of Michigan, who was the lead author of the first Intermax database outcomes report since its migration to the SDS. We discuss the main findings of the report and implications for CT surgeons in practice. Join us as we go beyond the abstract. I have the extreme pleasure of uh, introducing to everyone um, a, a dear mentor of mine personally since I did my training way back when at the University of Michigan. Uh, we are joined today by Dr. Francis Pagani. Uh, Dr. Pagani is a professor in the Department of uh, Cardiac Surgery at the University of Michigan and is the Director of Circulatory Support. Uh, Dr. Pagani, uh, thanks for joining us today. Welcome, Dr. Varghese. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, Airmax um, was the direct result of a novel collaborative between the NHLBI, the FDA, and the Center of, uh, of um, Medicare Services with the goal of acquiring and delivering to stakeholders 
risk-adjusted data on clinical outcomes of patients receiving an FDA-approved uh, mechanical circulatory support device uh, to treat advanced heart failure. Um, the current report uh, that, that you're the senior author on is the first report of the Intermax database since its migration under the umbrella of the Society of Thoracic Surgeons. Uh, can you comment, Dr. Bagani, on how the overall process now works under the STS leadership? Uh, specifically, um, is it similar to what's been done in the past, or are there any differences uh, to the new mechanism? Intermax has uh, been uh, the administrative role of, of Intermax is now uh, taken over by, by the Society of Thoracic Surgeons. However, um, the actual structure of the database has remained very similar, and the uh, data coordinating center has remained uh, at the University of Alabama. So the, da the data entry process is very similar to, um, to the process before while under the uh, NIH stewardship. So uh, from, a, from a data entry per, uh, perspective, uh, that is similar. In terms of the administration and, and involvement, the uh, Intermax now is led by a task force under the, um, under the organizational structure of uh, the uh, STS. And as a task force, there's a task force chair and committee uh, that uh, helps uh, set priorities for, uh, for the database. So, in summary, other than the administrator structure, uh, pretty much people who have been participating in this database in the past are really not going to notice too much of a difference overall. Correct. Correct? Yep. Beautiful. Um, and this particular report, um, uh, really the highlight was a focus on uh, recent changes, and that was the impact of restructuring of the United Network Organ Sharing or UNOS allocation system for heart transplants, as well as the impact of if you're a patient who has a MCS uh, in place and you suffer a complication. Uh, can you describe to our listeners uh, the potential rationale for these changes and the impact on those patients? with mechanical, mechanical circulatory support? So in uh, October of 2018, UNOS put into place um, changes in the allocation system. And what, that, what those changes were were to prioritize patients um, on uh, short-term uh, circulatory support, so patients receiving ECMO, uh, intraortic balloon pumps, or temporary uh, circulatory support devices were giving uh, significantly more priority than patients on durable long-term uh, devices. And what uh, the annual report demonstrated and what people uh, sort of suspected might uh, happen over with those new allocation changes would be that the use of durable left ventricular assist devices uh, as a bridge to heart transplantation uh, has gone down dramatically. So if you look in 2014, and these are data available in the annual report, uh, about 29% of patients were listed for transplant at the time they received a durable left ventricular assist device. And in the most recent year uh, in the annual report, um, 2019, only 9% of patients were listed for transplant at the time that they received a durable uh, device, and nearly 70% uh, were placed for uh, destination uh, indication, so a dramatic change in how durable devices are used. That's a pretty big change in, in a short period of time, only two years. That's amazing.
What about other findings of the report, uh, Dr. Bagani? I mean, could you just give us, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, for the listeners, this is a very detailed report, and I highly recommend going and reading the actual report itself. But from a high-level perspective, what would you say would be the most important takeaways from the 2019 report? Right. The other the other important um, sort of um, event that uh, happened during these, the, the term of the report was that there was introduction of new um, Technology. So the uh, HeartMate 3 was introduced into the into the armamentarium of surgeons now, and it was interesting to see how that that uh, device was phased in clinical use, and what that did to the um, sort of the field. And one of the biggest impacts was that the HeartMate 3 replaced the HeartMate 2, and so the use of axial devices, um, being the HeartMate 2, went down dramatically and that was replaced largely by uh, the HeartMate 3 device. Were any of the findings, um, I guess it's not really controversial, but uh, did any of the findings really generate any debate? Well, I think, you know, the, it, this is, you know, one has to keep in mind that this is a registry, and as such, um, it's, not a, it's not a randomized clinical trial. So how we use devices in the real world is um, it's going to vary from center to center, and actually, could you know, we surgeons may have preferences under different clinical situations on how they use devices. So to make comparisons uh, in in a registry of of devices is always very difficult. And there's a lot of statistical ways that could be utilized to try to um, compare devices. And in 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 this uh, annual report, there there was a uh, a comparison of devices made, and I think. It's interesting that you know I, I think it probably lends itself to a hypothesis generating finding that um, you know the complications with the HeartMate 3 device appear to be uh, less than than prior other devices. But again, this is just a hypothesis generating observation that needs more rigorous um, sort of statistical modeling to to, to uh, identify. And uh, do you think that these? Um uh, you know, to really remember that this is registry reporting, this is probably some of the same issues that we have to keep in mind when we have these pressures to publicly report all these types of outcomes. Uh, is that correct? That's correct. Uh, you know, it, it is a registry, and there are significant limitations with the registry, And uh, but I think it is uh, the quality of this registry is excellent, and I think in the absence of any other data source, uh, this is a tr you know the the field is so dependent on this registry uh, to advance quality, and I think that's going to be one of the um, you know important um, sort of uh, topics in the next annual report that we're going to focus on is look at quality and the variability of quality, and I think uh, we're trying to move the efforts will be to try to move this database from a research database only to a quality database that helps centers improve uh, quality of outcomes for their LVAT patients. No, that's, that's amazing. And uh, obviously, as, as the listeners have already heard me say, you know, I'm a big fan of this type of work. Um, and, uh, you know, from the genesis, I mean, it's always been a novel collaborative, but that uh, I think, as you correctly pointed out, that key of transitioning from research to quality improvement is, is critical. Um, Dr. Bagani, uh, any final words for our listeners in terms of your thoughts on uh, having deep dived into this data and the whole field uh, in general? Well, I, you know, we we encourage uh, 
the task force, you know, really reaches out and tries to encourage participation. If anyone has an interest in uh, participating in the annual report generations, please contact the task force. And, and you know, we certainly always uh, welcome uh, new folks and new ideas and, and new suggestions. So um, that's, uh, you know, it's always an important aspect of uh, our work is collaboration. Perfect. Well, uh, Dr. Bagani, it's uh, always a pleasure to catch up with you, but no, thank you for taking the time to, to, to join us on this recording today. Thank you very much. Join us next time as we continue to explore and debate issues beyond the abstract, part of the Surgical Hot Topic series. You can connect with the Annals of Thoracic Surgery online at annalsthoracicsurgery.org or on Twitter at Annals Thor Surge.